0: Amen. You can go ahead and take your seats this morning. We, we had a presentation, uh, wealth and fitness and all that good stuff, uh, but somehow our video link was uh, uh, didn't get to where it should have been, so we're going to try and do that next week. Amen. But if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open them up to uh, the, the Gospel of John, chapter 11. Uh, we're in a new month, the month of May. Hallelujah. And in this month, we're focusing on the topic of prayer. Um, prayer in the month of May. Wellness was the month of April. But we want to continue that theme of wellness as as far as we can. Because, uh, I mean, all of these themes are so important. Prayer is an important theme. Um, but we're going to continue the idea of wellness. We've been hiking after service on Sundays, taking uh, hikes and Uh, just getting out in nature and walking and fellowshipping and praying together Uh, we've been praying on Wednesday nights together uh, spending time uh, with one another but particularly with the Lord um, just talking to the Lord in prayer Uh, and this morning uh, we're going to start thinking about it in fact we started on Friday night Friday night we had an awesome service brother uh, Lewis preached uh, and he talked about prayer the Lord's prayer man and and you know and if you were here and you were blessed and in fact Friday night we had two services we had I heard two messages his and then Randall's you know and we and Randall shared with us some deep insightful things about uh, some things he had been studying and uh, and so the, the first sermon we heard you know Friday night you know the average time Randall's was about two hours long. But it was, it was awesome, powerful, powerful. So God is doing some great things in the hearts and the minds of people. But I'd like to read this passage to you. John chapter 11, beginning at verse 41. This is what it says. I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, so they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice Lazarus, come out. Father God, I pray this morning that you would give us insight into this story. What is it, my God, you have for us today? What do you want to say to us today? Through these words, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to us, my God, speak to the heart, my God, help us to understand what these words reveal about you and what you desire to do in us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, and God's people say, amen, amen. You know, one of the biggest questions that people have when they pray is whether or not God hears them. Does God hear me when I pray? Uh, there are times there's even a passage in scripture that kind of alludes to the fact that sometimes it feels as though the heavens are brass that when we try to pray it's almost as if our prayers go up and they only go so far and then they hit a ceiling and God doesn't hear or God doesn't respond and so people often have this this idea that perhaps My prayers don't reach him. Or maybe there's something I'm not doing or have to do in order for God to to hear me. So they ask that question. Does God hear me? And more often than not, they doubt that God ever hears or that God is unable to heal them in their particular situation or move in their particular situation. Whatever those circumstances might be that God in this particular case will not or cannot come through for them. When you look closely at the life of Jesus, I think that his life shows us something about prayer and the relationship between prayer and action, prayer and life. You see an unbroken connection between his prayer life and the power he has to see things take place in his life. The Bible tells us that Jesus often prayed. He often withdrew to lonely places and he found uh, this fellowship and communion with God prior to the event prior to his time of need prior to any crisis that he faced prior to challenges when he confronted people on the roads that he walked whenever he confronted people whenever he confronted circumstances impossible situations prayer wasn't that very moment prayer was prior to the event and in the moment that he confronted crisis, whatever it may have been, he was prepared. He was prepared to command. He was prepared to order nature to fall in line with the will of God. He was prepared to speak a word of hope to those that needed it, not because he's praying at the moment. He doesn't pray at the moment. He prayed before the moment. He often invited his disciples to pray with him, indicating that, the disciples, man, you guys need to pray too. Hello. You need to pray if you want to see things happen. And a perfect example is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. Jesus had taken three of his disciples, and they went up to the mountaintop. And in the mountaintop, they spent time with God. And, and the, the disciples, uh, Peter and John and Andrew, they saw God, you know, you know physically there with Jesus to where his, his body was transformed. He, he began to glow, and, and, and they heard a voice from heaven. And they, were, they spent time in prayer with God, with Christ. Moses, Elijah showed up. They were, man, you know, taken up into, man, it was like a, an amazing moment. But when they came down off the mountain, they found the other dis- disciples arguing with people fighting people ridiculing and they're arguing and fighting with them they had come down and they found that this man who brought his child to the disciples to deliver his son from a demon the disciples they tried in vain to help this family they hadn't been with them in prayer they just kind of encountered this guy and they did the best that they could trying to help this guy but they fell short to the point where the bystanders begin to ridicule them. So Jesus, when he shows up, he asks them, "Hey, you know, what is going on?" They ask, "Can you help my son?" You know, we couldn't drive out the disciples. Hey, we tried, but we couldn't drive him out. Jesus, why couldn't we drive him out? And this is later, and Jesus later he tells them, uh, he responds to them with that that passage that we are familiar with, man, that this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting, right? You have to pray. And and this is, in in other words, Jesus is giving like this subtle reminder that, well, you guys didn't pray, obviously. Prayer is is what prepares us for the confrontation. Prayer is what prepares us for the things that we face in life. Power is in the prayer. Had you prayed, things would have turned out much differently. That scene would have been a different scene. Had you prayed, Had you prayed when we were up on the mountaintop praying, had you spent some time here praying and this guy came to you with his son, man, things would have turned out different for you. They had engaged in arguments with the crowd. They probably even tried to mimic the things that they had seen Jesus do before in the past. But they were unsuccessful at driving out the demon because they had not spent time with God in prayer. So I wanna ask you this morning, how is your prayer life? How is my prayer life? Do we pray? Do we take seriously this idea, this this act of prayer? Are you seeking God for strength, direction, and power? Or are you too busy to pray? When you think about life and all the things you have to do when you wake up in the morning, are you too busy for prayer? Does prayer crowd your life out? Do you you pray, do you you make it a priority to pray? If we were to follow Jesus' examples, we would learn that we are never too busy to pray. Jesus always found time to pray. For Jesus, prayer precedes the moment. It comes before the crisis. It comes first, his ability to minister powerfully in every circumstance comes as a result of his prayer time, the, the nights that he spent time with God on the mountaintop, the, the moments that he found solitude, the times he'd invite his, his disciples, come with me for a time of prayer. He would challenge them to pray with him. Let's spend this moment in prayer. He constantly talked to the Father in prayer. It was a pattern in his life, a pattern of ceaseless prayer, right? And the two are intimately connected. To pray and then to live in power, to pray and then to live in grace, to pray and then to walk full of God's power, surrounded by the presence of the Lord. Here in John chapter 11, verse 41, it says very plainly and clearly, so they took away the stone. And if you're familiar with the story, this family had just lost a brother Lazarus had died his two sisters Mary and Martha were concerned they had told Jesus ahead of time they sent a messenger hey he's sick can you come right away before he dies that there is a threshold there's a a point at which there's a a point of no return we need you to come back we need you to heal and we set these limits on on God we set limits on our requests God, you have to meet the need by this date, by this date. If I don't have my needs met by this date, if I don't have the finances, if I don't have the healing, whatever it may be, God, it'll be too late. And Jesus on purpose stayed away beyond the threshold that they set for him. And now he's come back. This man had been dead for four days. And Jesus says, remove the stone so they took away the stone then Jesus looked up and said father I thank you that you have heard me right I thank you that you have heard me I knew that you always hear me but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me and when he had said this he called out in a loud voice Lazarus come out and you notice that before Jesus does anything, he thanked the Father for having heard his prayer. He's referring to a previous time. Father, I thank you. Here we are in this moment, and I thank you that you heard my prayer. And I'm saying this to you because of the benef- for the benefit of all of these that are watching. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I want them to see what happens when I spend time with you in prayer, right? Thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me. Showing the intimate relationship he has with his father. And then he showed them what prayer can do. Lazarus, come out. And and I, man, if we could be there, you know, if we could have been there to see this moment. This is one of those moments where everybody's eyes are on Jesus. And the sisters are distraught. They're crying. This is the same event where Jesus even weeps, when he shows up and he sees the fact that my people, they've lost hope. They lost, they're crying and they're brokenhearted. And, and, they, and they see, the, you know, he sees their, them in distress, completely overwhelmed by the loss of their brother. It breaks Jesus. Jesus is broken in prayer, he begins to cry. The one who has fought demons, commanded demons to come out of people. The one who fights the winds and the waves. The one who is ultimately powerful over everything. Never cried in his life to, you know, over anything, the confrontations that he has. But here, man, when he sees his friend. Having, you know, in a situation where people are hopeless, his family, his friends having lost hope. Do you not realize who I am? I am the resurrection and the life. He shows up and he begins to weep, man, and he sees them distraught. And it's in that moment that he calls Lazarus, come out of this grave. And I'm sure every eye was on him. And I'm certain that when he said those words, every head turned to the tomb. Like a little cave that had a a stone in front of it. They moved the stone and every eye fixed itself on that opening. And they may have heard a little rustling going on inside of there. Maybe a little dust kicking up. Maybe in the darkness of that tomb, they can begin to see some movement. And can you imagine what happened when they saw Lazarus walking out of that tomb? Having been there for four days, he comes walking out. Imagine the shock of the witnesses that were there. Imagine the joy of his family. Imagine the hope of every other family whose loved ones are beyond reach, whose loved ones are beyond hope, those who face impossible situations both then and now. Family members so far gone that there's no hope of seeing them return again. There's no way they're coming back from this one. There's no way we can ask God to bring them back from this one. Family members who who through a series of events, whatever those events may be, now find themselves beyond the threshold of hope. He's gone. He's gone. We can't remove the stone. It's over. Lord, you took too long. It's been too long. He's he's gone. He's 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 that's it. You know, the time has passed. We buried him. In fact, his sister said, and, and, and Caesar wrote, read it on um, Friday night. Uh, he says, you know, uh, man, he, by now he stinks. Four days in the grave. He's, he's decaying. He's, he's beyond repair. He's beyond reach. He's beyond hope. He was beyond the point of return. His own sisters had given up. Written him off. But the command was given. Jesus gave a command. Where in the world does that command come from? What empowers those words, Lazarus come out? Where did the power for those words to enact something in the body of a dead man? It was in the prayer. It was in some previous moment he spent with God. God, I'm going back to my friends. God, I care about my friends. God, they are faced with tragedy. God, can you help them? God, I love them, I love them deeply and I desire to see you move in their lives. And God somehow hears that prayer and empowers Christ to make the command. And that command was powerful. It was powerful. The command was given. And it was irresistible. In the same way that Lazarus couldn't fight off death when he was sick, death had its grip on him and it slowly pulled him to the grave, just like we are slowly being pulled to the grave today. We're getting a little older, day by day, year by year, decade by decade. For some of us, century by century, you know, we get a little older, a little more frail, a little weaker as days go by. And we try our best to be as healthy and well and fit as possible. But just as death is irresistible, the grave had its grip on him. When he was sick, it was pulling him closer and closer to a death that was, you know, it was the ultimate. It was That was it that this would be it for you but just as irresistible as that was this command was irresistible death couldn't keep him in the grave not with this command when the command went out man it it shattered the world all of the all of 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 satan's kingdom was shattered man this is his ultimate weapon death was his ultimate weapon Oh, death, where's your sting? Man, it's gone. It's been broken. The power of death was broken because he prayed. And this command was given with power. Now death can't keep him in the grave. As much as it could try, it can't keep him there because of this powerful command. The command was empowered by prayer. Imagine what this meant to the devil. His greatest weapon nullified by the simple command that's empowered by prayer. There was no doubt in his voice, no question of whether or not his prayer was heard. Thank you, Father, that you heard me. No doubt, no no wavering. On the contrary, Jesus says, I thank you that you heard me, even before the miracle took place. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 42, I knew that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here and the people listening in Inglewood, that they may believe that you sent me, that they witness the source of my power, that my power is in the prayer, his relationship with the Father. That's what empowered him. In confidence, he's able to say, I knew you heard me, that there's no hesitation there. He prayed with assurance. Having prayed before with the Father, now he's able to act. Lazarus, come out. And death, that is so... uh, permanent death that is so ultimate has to let him go and if death has to let him go what happens to alcohol what happens to crack what happens to heroin what happens to every other thing that holds people in its grip when the command is given having prayed he is now able to act and to speak to his friend to come out of the grave prayer was first then comes the the command his command is not a prayer. All right? The command is never a prayer. There are times when we go and, and we confront situations without prayer and we try to make a command without the prayer. You know, I remember there's a story in the book of Acts of people trying to make a command without the prayer. Somebody with demons, you know, and trying to command the demon. They say, hey, Jesus, we know Paul, we know about, but who are you you know, and they beat them down, stripped them down, man. Command without prayer. Prayer is a source of our power. Prayer is where insight is given prayers where grace is given prayers where forgiveness is given when we get down when we go down before the lord in prayer and we get down on our knees and we talk to him and we spend time in fellowship things are happening whether you see it or not like the song that we sang a moment ago man whether you see it or not god is working he is doing something whether you feel it or not when you speak with god in prayer forgiveness happens grace happens power is given Prayer is where God decides beforehand to to do what he's going to do in the very next moment. Before you even come to that place, God is making a decision. Jesus always prayed first. Sometimes he prayed all night. So when it comes time to confront the situation at hand, he doesn't have to ask the Father, Father, you take it from here because I can't do it. No, he spent time with the Father. He's gotten the okay from the Father. He's gotten the green light from the Father. And with the Father's authority, Jesus simply speaks, and it's done. Jesus commanded the people to be well. He commanded spirits to leave. He commanded the wind and the waves to be still. Where does that come from? It comes from his relationship with his Father. He didn't pray to demons. You know, demons, I pray that you come out. No, he didn't pray to demons. Satan... I pray that you obey me he didn't pray to Satan he prayed to his father he didn't pray to the wind wind oh great mighty wind I know that you blow around the world that you're an international traveler you know but please can you listen to this no he didn't even pray to Lazarus he commanded Lazarus because he prayed to the father his prayer was directed to the Father first ahead of time and power for that moment came to him right on time sufficient for the moment but do we pray do we pray we will face circumstances every circumstance every moment that calls upon a need for for God or a need for grace or a need for those moments will come But do we pray in preparation for those moments? 1 John 5.14 and 15 says this. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. That's fascinating. That's fascinating because we've asked for things and sometimes we don't see what we've asked for. Well, James tells us sometimes we ask for the wrong things, right? And sometimes we're fighting and God is doing something and we're fighting against God and we're asking God to do something that he's already decided is the best thing for us. But what John is telling us here is that when you pray, he hears you. He hears your prayer. He walks with you. And in prayer, whether you feel it or not, whether you see it or not, there is a power taking place. There is a motion that begins. God begins to do things in our lives. We trust that when we turn on the light switch that the light will come on, right? And and nine times out of ten, if you pay your bills, you turn on the light switch and it comes on, right? It usually works, right? Uh, You know the same with prayer every time we pray every time we go to the father he's not absent he's not away on some trip he's not somewhere where he's uh, far away from you where there's a, a disconnect in the, in the communication God hears you when you pray but the busy Christian today looks more like the disciples The busy Christian is confronted with issues and then tries to command the situation without the prayer. They try to command things to work. They try to mimic the power without the prayer. Lazarus may be your brother today. Lazarus may be your son or your daughter today, beyond your help, beyond hope, beyond the threshold of deliverance. And I know who can help him. I know what can help him. If we would spend some time in prayer with the father, maybe we'll see a breakthrough. If we spend time with the father and talk to the father before the incident, before the event, asking God for grace for the moment, asking God for a breakthrough. I love my brother. I love my sister. I love my son and my daughter. They are beyond the threshold of my reach and they're beyond hope. But God, you can do it. God, you can do it. In the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 14 through 16, familiar passage, I'm sure we all know it. You probably know it by heart. It says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. There's even more in the promise than what is asked for. There's even more. And God wants you to know that if we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways, that he will hear from heaven and he will forgive our sins and heal our land. And God wants you to know that if we do that, not only will he heal not only will he restore, the Bible goes on to say in that very passage, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen you and consecrated your temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there So let me challenge you this morning, just just briefly to to ask. Talk to God in prayer. Pray. Ask him what you need. Ask him for direction. Ask him to, to guide you. Ask him for his help. Talk to him prior to the day beginning, prior to the circumstances, prior to whatever crisis may come up in your life. Don't walk into the crisis cold, unprepared. Be prayed up. Be saturated in prayer. When you you spend time with God in prayer, then you have the assurance that whatever you face, God has already been uh, uh, with you. God has already heard and and been with you. Grace has been provided for you. Grace has been granted forgiveness, protection. God is with you. He sent angels ahead of time to fight for you, to fight for your family. God hears when you pray. And he, go, and, he, and he does the work ahead of time. But we need to spend time in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me this morning? The Bible says that the dead man came out with his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Hallelujah. New time in this man's life. A new time. What does this show us? What does this show us? Well, Jesus obviously wanted to show the people, the disciples, and those around that that prayer happens prior to the command and Jesus made lots of commands he talked to he spoke to man fish and loaves he spoke to demons he spoke to wind he spoke to the sea he spoke things into existence he commanded things but Jesus spent time with his father in prayer father God I pray this morning father as we prepare in life to face each new day and the challenges that these days are filled with. We confront evil. We confront circumstances that are far beyond our control. Loved ones, just like Lazarus. Loved ones who are beyond the threshold of return. In the eyes of, of the world, they may see them as written off, as, as, as just done, gone. Father God, in as we come to you in prayer that there is no there's no category for beyond hope there's no category in your in your sight in your in your understand there is no category for those that are written off beyond reach and this morning father god we pray for those that we know we pray for lazarus the ones that we know our, our brothers and sisters are cousins and neighbors those father god that have that have for whatever reason whatever circumstances have gone so far that that they're beyond reach and we pray this morning lord god that we be people saturated in prayer that when we meet each new moment father god we command those spirits that challenge us command those voices Command the depression command these new circumstances to flee that we command with the authority given to us By what was allowed to us given gracefully given to us Through the intimate time that we spend with you in prayer That we come to you ahead of time that we come to you not as a result of crisis But in anticipation For the days that are evil father. I pray Make us a people of prayer. Lord, we need your healing. We need your presence and power. We need you here this morning. So we ask that you just move, Father. Meet us here at this altar. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And if God has spoken to you this morning, I'm going to invite you to come. I'm going to invite you to come. The Father loves you. The Father knows you. He walks with you day after day after day. He sends his angels to watch over us. He sends his angels to keep us, to protect us. And this morning, perhaps we've become so busy, so busy that, that we often neglect to spend time in prayer. And so I'm gonna ask you to come. Come to the Father and say, Lord, I come to you this morning. And I simply ask for your forgiveness. And I ask for you to strengthen me because I have people that I love. I have people that I care about. I have people, Father God, that I want to see blessed. I want to see them, my God, fulfilled in their lives. I want to see them protected. I want to see the covering of God upon their life, upon my life. Father God, we need your grace, my God. We need, my God, your health and healing. Every promise to come to pass, Father God. But we don't want to walk into life prayerless, my God, powerless, Father God. But we want to be able to command, my God, the the depression to flee. Command, Father God, all those voices to flee. Command the oppression to flee, Father God. And this only happens. This only happens when we spend time with the Father in prayer. Father God, move this morning move in our behalf this morning. my God, reach out to Lazarus this morning. My God, those loved ones, my God, those friends, my God, beyond, my God, reach, Lord God. Let us be prayed up for those we love. Let us be prayed up, my God, for for those situations, my God, that confront our families. Let us be prayed up, my God, to fight the enemy, my God, for the battle of our soul, the battle of our salvation, the battle of our minds, oh God. Let us be prayed up, Father God, when the enemy enemy tries to take our families, let us be prayed up, Father God. Father, when addiction tries to creep back into our lives, let us be prayed up, Father God, so that we can meet the challenges head on, Father. We thank you for your grace. Move this morning by your power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.